Thanks for watching NTD Business. Coming up, Hurricane Ian hitting South Carolina today after leaving a path of destruction in Florida. President Biden said today it could be among the worst in U.S. history. And world leaders react after Russia begins annexing a large portion of Ukraine. How does Ukraine's president respond? And there's an unexpected beneficiary of Europe's energy crisis. It's Chinese companies that make electric blankets. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here for NTD Business. American consumers spent more than expected in August, even as inflation rose. Government data today shows consumer spending increased four-tenths of a percent in August. That's twice as much as expected. But some of that spending, extra spending was because of higher prices for household utilities. The Fed's favorite inflation gauge, the PCE index, shows prices also picked up a bit in August. Even without counting food and energy, prices rose 4.9% over the past year. That's up slightly from July. The Fed's rate hikes to fight inflation will likely slow consumer demand. And consumer spending accounts for more than two-thirds of economic activity in the U.S. That means a slowdown in spending could limit growth in the third quarter. The Fed's rate hikes are only one reason why the U.S. dollar has gotten stronger this year. And it seems like the strong dollar is proving to be a safe haven for global central banks in the middle of all the market turmoil. The dollar's share of global currency reserves rose in the second quarter, according to data reported to the IMF. So far this year, the dollar has surged 17% against a basket of major currencies on track to its best yearly percentage gain. Central banks around the world hold reserves in different currencies in part to support their liabilities. Meanwhile, the euro's share in global currency reserves slipped, declining for three straight quarters. Chinese yuan's share of currency reserves edged up slightly. And the Biden administration has quietly issued an update to its student loan forgiveness plan. It's scaling back eligibility as six states say the program is illegal. As of Thursday, borrowers who have federal student loans that are owned by private entities will no longer qualify for the relief program. Previously, the administration said those borrowers will get up to $20,000 in student loan forgiveness. Six states filed a lawsuit against Biden and the education secretary to block the loan forgiveness program. According to NPR, more than 4 million student loan borrowers have privately held loans. And the change to the debt cancellation plan has also led to a recent lawsuit challenging the plan being thrown out. But the judge did give the plaintiff time to update his case. And Hurricane Ian slammed into South Carolina coast today, making another landfall after leaving a trail of destruction in southwest Florida. President Biden today said the hurricane will likely rank among the worst in U.S. history. Now Florida residents are trying to resume their daily lives. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg takes a look at what Hurricane Ian left behind. Ruined homes, boats and marinas smashed to pieces, and collapsed sections of bridges. This was the scene in parts of Florida Thursday after Hurricane Ian passed through the state. Major flooding from storm surge submerged entire neighborhoods. The causeway to Sanibel Island was left in ruins. In Fort Myers, where the hurricane made landfall, people in one neighborhood were seen canoeing past scattered debris and torn apart trees. Many that chose to shelter in place were trapped in their homes. 
Some say next time they will heed evacuation warnings. 12-foot storm surge? That's what I got. Others say they lost everything and feel lucky to be alive. But I literally watched my house disappear. Governor Ron DeSantis says first responders, service technicians, and Army Corps engineers are working hard to ensure people are safe and have what they need and to get essential utilities back online. We have uh, thousands and thousands of people on the ground uh, working to restore power, uh, opening the roads, bringing in food and water, and restoring communications. More than 2.6 million homes and businesses in Florida were without power on Thursday. Although there have been some reports of casualties, the death toll is not yet certain. In terms of confirmed, uh, that will be made apparent over the coming days. President Biden has approved Florida's disaster declaration, making federal resources available to impacted areas. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. Home insurance firms may be in trouble following Hurricane Ian, says the Insurance Information Institute. Ian is one of the most powerful storms in U.S. history. The insurance losses could go up to $40 billion, easily making it one of the top five most expensive hurricanes in the United States. Insurance companies can go out of business if their payouts exceed their revenue from premiums. Florida already has a very fragile home insurance market. The nation's big insurers have a relatively small presence there because it's not a very attractive market because of expensive homes and the risk of severe weather. So a lot of the players are small insurers that mainly only cover Florida. Insurance expert Michael Berry from the Insurance Information Institute says the homeowner's insurance market was already in turmoil before Ian. For reasons having little or nothing to do with with hurricanes, it was really an issue of excessive litigation, a lot of court cases going on down there that the insurers had to pay for. And there was also a lot of fraud in the homeowner's insurance system in Florida. It uh, There were a lot of uh, roof contractors who were acting uh, improperly, and they were going door-to-door looking for customers who would were looking for a so-called free roof, which the insurer would pay for. Six small insurers already went out of business this year before Hurricane Ian hit. Around 30 others are so financially unstable, they were added to an official government watch list. The lone insurer that stands to lose the most is Citizens Property Insurance Corporation. It's a government-run, taxpayer-subsidized company that was set up to help homeowners who couldn't get insurance elsewhere. But now it's the dominant insurer in Florida. Insurance expert Michael Berry says it's gotten even bigger recently. You had uh, name-brand insurers, larger insurers, who were reducing their exposure. So they would issue what's called a non-renewal notice, telling the policyholder that at the end of this policy period, we're no longer going to insure your home. this combination, fewer insurers coupled with uh, larger insurers reducing their exposure in the state, it created a situation where the cost of insurance went up. And if you got non-renewed, it became harder to find another insurer. That's why a lot of uh, homeowners ended up in uh, the state-backed program, Citizens Property Insurance Corporation. And for the homeowners, Barry says it remains to be seen whether insurance premiums will rise. Insurers have to get approval from state regulators before raising rates. And Florida already pays much more for homeowners insurance than the rest of America. Florida residents pay around $4,000 a year, while the national average is about $1,600. 
So what happens to policy make policy holders when their insurance company go out of business? Fortunately, all 50 states have protection systems. Insurers have to put money into a state guarantee fund. If they go out of their go out of business, their policyholders may receive money from this fund. The government could also transfer policies to another insurance company, or it may use the folded insurance company's assets to pay policyholders. As long as you keep paying your premiums, it will continue to insure you. And onto Wall Street, all three major indexes closed sharply lower today, with the S&P seeing its steepest decline in two decades. All three also posted their second straight monthly losses. The Dow Jones lost 500 points, or one and seven tenths of a percent. S&P 500 fell 55 points, or one and a half percent. Nasdaq dropped 162 points, also one and a half percent. And Meta Incorporated is introducing a text-to-video content creator. You enter text, and it does the rest. NTD's Sean Marshall has more. Facebook parent company Meta announced Make a Video. An online tool that uses artificial intelligence to generate short movie clips based on a text description. For instance, you type in the words "a teddy bear painting a portrait," "robot dancing in Times Square," or "a cat watching TV with a remote in hand," and that's what you get. Of course, these meta AI-generated videos create from text descriptions or turn pictures into video. But there are technologies like deepfake, which can generate fake videos of a real person using real video. Like in some of the propaganda videos made viral in the Russia-Ukraine war, Meta's AI-generated videos come with a watermark to warn people. But how badly could fake videos affect society? I spoke with Jigyasa Grover. She's an independent researcher on machine learning. I recently read、um, a news article where someone like deepfaked an entire Zoom interview, asking people to kind of like invest in their business. That's like. Uh, crazy, and it was just this one person. Like a couple of people reached out to that person later on. Like we were on a Zoom call. Like you asked us to invest. Meta is the first to unveil a video version of this type of technology that will be available to the public. Grover mentioned the possibility that these emerging technologies could wreak havoc on people's mental health. If you see something, you know,、uh, which uh, some, some artificial content that is not just possible in real life, you know, a person whom you love. Uh, you know, doing some things which might not they have not done in real life.、Uh, that could definitely,、uh, you know, be something that creates、uh, a psychological impact. Computer scientists at UC Riverside developed expression manipulation detection, or EMD, which can detect manipulated facial expressions in deepfake videos with up to 99% accuracy. But it could be some time before the general public figures out how to deal with AI-generated images and videos. Sean Marshall, NTD News. And now turning to Europe, Russian President Vladimir Putin today formally started the process of annexing nearly a fifth of Ukraine. It's the biggest annexation in Europe since World War II. Putin called it the will of millions of people. Once the process is complete, Moscow will recognize four Ukrainian regions as, Rus- as Russian territory. Ukraine's president responded, saying Ukraine will not allow Moscow to re- redraw its borders. The entire territory of our country will be liberated from this enemy, the enemy not only of Ukraine but also of life itself, humanity, law, and truth. Ukraine's president also said Kyiv formally applied for fast-track membership in the NATO military alliance. He also said he is ready for talks with Russia, but not with Putin. 
Meanwhile, NATO's chief called Russia's move an illegal land grab and the most serious escalation since the conflict began. NATO also reaffirmed its support for Ukraine's independence. President Biden offered his support for Ukraine yesterday. The United States will never, never, never recognize Russia's claims on Ukraine sovereign territory. Russia's assault on Ukraine in pursuit of Putin's imperial ambitions is a flagrant, a flagrant violation of the UN Charter and the basic principles of sovereignty and territorial integrity. Moscow's annexation announcement follows so-called referendums in the region that Ukraine and Western nations dismissed as a sham. The U.S. and G7 allies are imposing further sanctions on Russia because of the announced annexation. And inflation in Europe keeps soaring. It hit 10% in September, up from 9.1% in August. People in Europe are feeling the pain. In France, over 10,000 workers walked off their jobs and protested in the streets Thursday. They called for wages to rise. Many said they fear the pressure on prices will only get worse this winter. NTD's France correspondent David Vivez spoke to some of the protesters. More than 10,000 of workers walked off their jobs on Thursday and marched in the streets following the concerted call from some unions. Union leader Philippe Martinez is calling for company buses to raise wages. For the moment, nothing is changing and the problems are getting worse. The end of the month is increasingly difficult for many households in France. That's what we have to solve. According to a recent survey by Nielsen IQ, 12 million French households say the rise of prices is very concerning for them. Some of people at the protest said they feel the impact of inflation, but worry it's going to get worse. It affects me quite a bit, because I don't have a big pension. Inflation is something I was dreading. It's here now. We'll see what it's going to be like at the end of the year. I've been retired for a year. My pension has gone up 4%. Inflation is at 7%. It's going up every day. But I really think that the worst is yet to come. The government has been throwing out vouchers to people. But we are going to end up in situations where it's not going to be enough. People won't be able to get by, and there will be a lot more people on the street. French consumers are now purchasing less meat, fish and cheese. Overall consumption has decreased by 1.7%. And some question the French government's claim that the Ukraine war has caused the soaring inflation. I don't understand what's happening. We are sold a fairy tale. We are told that it's the cost of the war with Russia, for example, electricity. We have nuclear power plants that do not work. They could be repaired, but they blame the French and make them pay more for electricity. More protests and strikes are planned this week in France. David Vives, NTD News, Paris. And mobile phones may go dark in Europe this winter. That's due to an energy crisis that might affect much of the cellular network across the continent. The reduction of Russian gas supplies to Europe because of the Ukraine war might lead to power cuts. Industry executives reportedly fear that a harsh winter would seriously put their infrastructure under stress. They say there are currently not enough backup systems across the continent to handle widespread power outages, which will likely lead to mobile phone outages. And meanwhile, it seems like Chinese manufacturers are keeping Europeans warm this winter amid their energy crisis. 
Made in China electric blankets, electric kettles, sleeping bags, and hot water bottles are flying off the shelves because apparently Europeans are buying them up to get through the winter. According to Chinese reports, this created a boom for Chinese factories. Some electric blanket factories are producing at full capacity to keep up with demand. One factory in China's Dongguan City is operating 24 hours a day. Dongguan City is a major Chinese manufacturing hub and is considered the world's factory. The factory manager said sales of electric blankets this year have tripled that of the same period last year. He's seeing the highest sale numbers in half a decade. The factory has to run three consecutive shifts to keep production going around the clock. Big Chinese companies that manufacture electric blankets also saw their stock prices rise for two consecutive days. Electric blanket exports to Europe hit over $30 million from January through July. This is almost double compared to all of last year. Electric blankets are popular because they're cost-effective. They use less electricity compared to electric heaters. And Chinese-made ones are cheaper than local European options, especially with the weakening Chinese yuan. And in Europe, a simple rubber hot water bottle is around 10 euros or $10, while the same product is around 70 cents in China. It seems like people in Europe are buying up so much winter essentials from China that has gone viral on Chinese social media. The hashtag Europeans buying frenzy of Chinese electric blankets has gotten over 200 million views. One Chinese social media user joked, I think we can safely say that the world can go without Russia, but we'll always need China. Indeed, the European energy crisis turned out to be lucrative for Chinese businesses. According to reports, the number of heated blankets exported to the European Union, Britain, Iceland, and Norway surged 62% in the first eight months of this year compared to last year. Since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, households and businesses across Europe are feeling the pinch from a shortage of natural gas. It has led to sky-high electricity prices. According to Goldman Sachs, the typical European household could spend as much as 500 euros monthly on electric energy bills for the next year. This is more than a three-fold increase over 2021 costs. For Americans, imagine your next month's energy bill being $490. Even though some Chinese businesses are making a profit from Europe's energy crisis, electric blanket shipments won't be enough to boost China's export numbers at large. Experts say the orders of small household appliances are minute compared with the vastness of China's export industry. Household appliances can only offset a small percent of slowing demand. China's year-over-year export growth fell significantly in August compared to the previous month. Meanwhile, the World Bank cut forecasts for China's economic growth. One of the biggest reasons for this is China's lockdowns. The World Bank says tight movement restrictions in China have weighed heavily on growth. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come after the break, the FDA approves a new drug for ALS. It could slow down paralysis, but it doesn't come cheap. And we take a look at the first official coin to feature Britain's King Charles. And more coming up on NTD Business.
And welcome back. That bucket of ice water you poured on your head eight years ago is bearing some fruit, it seems like. The Food and Drug Administration approved a new therapy for ALS Thursday. It's called Relive Rio. It's been shown to slow the devastating paralysis caused by ALS. A study showing the effectiveness of the medication was funded in part by money raised from the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, which swept social media in 2014. That study was small, and the therapy is still considered experimental. The FDA approved it without a large-scale clinical trial because the drug has been shown to be safe, despite question about its effectiveness. Patients, advocacy groups, and physicians urge the FDA to approve it quickly because there are few other options to treat the life-threatening disease. But it doesn't come cheap. Friday, the drug maker announced it will cost around $158,000 a year. But the company does expect insurance to cover almost all the cost, if not all of it. It should be available in the, in the U.S. in the next four to six weeks. About 30,000 people in the U.S. are battling ALS. And the Royal Mint has unveiled the first British coins featuring the image of King Charles. The new image will appear on 50 pence coins. A commemorative five-pound coin will also feature King Charles. British sculptor Martin Jennings created the portrait. The image is surrounded by a Latin inscription which translates as King Charles III, by the grace of God, defender of the faith. Some 27 building coins with Queen Elizabeth II images are in circulation. They will remain legal tender as they are gradually phased out. NASA and SpaceX are planning to study boosting the nearly 33-year-old Hubble Space Telescope to a higher orbit in a bid to extend its life. The company said the space agency signed an agreement to investigate the benefits and risks of a private mission to service Hubble. SpaceX approached NASA a few months ago with the idea. It isn't yet certain whether or not that mission could be carried out. The agreement is just to explore the technical feasibility of the idea and won't involve any exchange of funds. Today's entertainment report is particularly appetizing. We set the menu in the Hollywood Minute. Take a look. Will you murder me if I move one of your plates? Nope. Okay. It's your kitchen. I'm just living in it. <laughs> Chef Swap at the Beach is a cooking competition show with a slightly different recipe. Host Amanda Freitag has Myrtle Beach, South Carolina chefs trade kitchens, preparing the other chefs' signature cuisine with their staff. I love every part of this because what I do now in my career is I travel a lot and I am a guest in kitchens quite often, and as an expert chef, sometimes I don't even know where the spoons are. Chef Swap at the Beach premieres Saturday on the Cooking Channel. Can you confirm that the restaurant incident is the work of the so-called taquito man? What? This is the taquito everyone is talking about. It's not a taquito. It's lumpia, the Filipino egg roll. Here's an action movie that'll make you hungry. Lumpia with a Vengeance is a Filipino-American indie comedy from Patricio Genelsa, featuring a mostly Filipino cast, a wedding, a crime scene, syndicate, and of course, those delicious spring rolls of the title. Lumpia with a Vengeance premieres Friday in select markets and rolls out wider throughout October, which is Filipino-American History Month. And that's all from the NTD business team and myself, Don Mai. You can follow me on Twitter, too. If you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. That's all for today. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you on Monday.